Welcome to The Heart Zone, a podcast ministry of Kernsville Christian Church, featuring the teaching ministry of George Cannon. For more information about Kernsville Christian Church, visit us on the web at www.kernsvillechristian.org. And now, for a message from The Heart Zone, here's George. All right, guys, I'd like you to turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. We're going to continue on today. You know, we've, we've been looking at Romans 12 over the last couple of weeks, and we've looked at one verse at a time. We're not going to do that today. We're going to plow on. We're going to look at verses 3 through 8. We're going to look at a section of verses. And, and I want to remind you what we talked about, especially over the last couple of weeks. We talked about, because of all the mercy that God has shown us. What mercy? Well, he saved you. He saved you in spite of you. Had nothing to do with you. Hadn't have to, doesn't have to do with what you did or didn't do, where you came from, where you're going. Doesn't have anything to do with it. Has to do with what Jesus did for you. And by faith, you trusted in him and you gave your life to him. So then because of that mercy, now you're reconciled to him. You're approved of by him. He's gifted you. Now he comes and he says in Romans chapter 12, because of those mercies, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, that you what present yourselves to God a living sacrifice, that you give yourself to God daily. Not a one-time thing, but you say, Lord, here I am. I'm yours every day. And then with that, you don't conform to the image of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do we do that? Through God's word then you'll be able to discern what the will of God is. So the reality is, is that as I give myself to him, I'm not to be conformed to the world. You say, well, I'm not doing what these folks do. I'm not talking about just one end of the spectrum. Even folks that you think might be doing right are doing it the world's way. You do it the way God wants you to do. Don't be conformed to the image of this world. You be transformed by what God's word says. So now we get into chapter 3. And from then on through chapter 16, we're going to spend our time renewing our mind. We're going to let God's word renew our mind about what we should be like, what we should do in so many different areas. And he's going to talk about a lot of areas over the next few weeks as we look in these chapters. He's talking about you being transformed so that you understand what the will of God is. And today, he's going to talk to you about getting your focus right. Getting your focus right. You say, what do you mean? Well, let me give you some current thinking. We are dominated by this thinking. We're dominated by it because of our culture. We're dominated because we're Americans. What do you mean because we're Americans? Well, let me tell you, explain to you. Let me look at the first one. <clears throat> we tend to view our faith as purely personal. That's an American thing. What do you mean that's an American thing? Well, if, I've, I've been around the world. A lot of places around the world, faith is a community thing. Faith is viewed in terms of how it affects the whole of everyone. Not in the U.S., not in our culture. Faith is a personal issue, and you hear that no matter what side of the spectrum you're on. People will talk about faith is personal, faith is you, faith is you doing your own thing. And we tend to think that way. So that 
goes over into what? That goes over into how we see church. So here's my second point. Church is only seen through the lens of meeting individual needs. So why'd you come today? Well, I came today so that I could have this met in my life. I need God to do this for me. Those are the kind of things we say. We come to church to meet our own personal needs. In fact, through the years, being a pastor, I've been pastoring a while now, through the years, I've had different people, been here 22, the first church I was in was there for four years, and I've heard people say things, they'll say to me, they'll say, well, I'm not getting anything out of your messages. Wow, that, that's really interesting. Because if that's your view of church, that's a pretty small view of church. If your view of church is what you get out of George, no problem that you got to go somewhere else because I ain't got it. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, sometimes you're good with your messages, George. Yeah, but sometimes I'm not, okay? But I'm trying to tell you, if your view of church is only what you're getting, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm surprised you stayed that long. Why? Because that's a small view of church. Church isn't what you get out of it. Church is what you give. What do you mean? You're talking about money, George? I am not talking about money. If you've been here a while, you know I hardly ever even talk about money. I'm not talking about money. Church is what you give, but I also need to correct the definition of church. Church isn't the building. Church isn't the incorporation with the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Church isn't what denomination. We're non-denominational. So well, who we are. Church, church is you, the people. The members of Christ's body. And when you say you don't get anything out of church, you're saying that everybody here doesn't do anything for you. That's a pretty crazy thing to say. But then most of us don't think that way, do we? So we would never say that. We look at church in terms of what I can get out of it. So if there's something better, and I find this is very true today, if it wasn't true Years ago, you could really, I mean, 40 years ago, I've been a believer now, 85, so it's almost been 40 years. I could think back, people would be faithful to coming to church because they had a different view of church. Now, if I got something better going on, then I'm going to watch that, or I'm going to do that. The reality is, church is only seen through the meeting individual needs. Can I tell you, let me just go ahead and wrap it up so I can quit. Boy, you seem really irritated by that. Well, yeah, I am. But let me tell you what it is. That's not church. It's not about meeting your individual needs. Church isn't about that. Church isn't about meeting my needs. Church isn't about doing something for the organization. Church is about people and being there for people. And this, what we're getting ready to look at here in Romans, he mentions it also in 1 Corinthians. He mentions it in other places as well. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. He mentions it in several different places about what church is, what you are in the church. So let's look at it, okay? Let's look with me. 
we're going to look at verse 3 through 8. Okay? And Paul, Paul, I, I love Paul. Paul just brings it down to earth and, uh, yeah, well, here's what he says. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of him more highly than he ought to think. Oh, can I say that again? Here's what he's saying to you and I, okay? I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body there are many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually member, members one of another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them, if prophecy, in proportion to our faith, if service, in your serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in his generosity, and the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. All right, so here's what we're going to look at, folks. We're going to look at what he's talking about here. He's talking about getting your focus right, and getting your focus right, can I say this, is you being the person you need to be so that everybody else benefits. Well, that's radical, isn't it? Because in our culture, we say, if you're not looking out for yourself, then who's going to look out for you? Well, that's our culture. Don't be conformed to the image of this world, but be what? Transformed by what? The renewing of your minds. God word, God's word says that you are important because you will benefit others. And if everybody realizes that, we all benefit, right? So what we're going to do with this passage is two things. We're going to look, first of all, at self-assessment. He does that in verse 3. And then we're going to look at interdependence, how we're interdependent upon each other. And this is not the only place in Scripture that tells us that. We need each other. You are important. Okay? And then verse five, the final section, we're going to see that we're gifted for others. You're gifted, but it isn't for you. You're gifted because it's for others. Okay? So let's talk about it. Let's talk about self-assessment. Here's what it is. Look with me, verse 3. He says, by the grace given to me. Now, he's going to use that word grace many times here. He's talking about a gift that was given to him. A gift. What gift? Well, he gave some to be apostles. Isn't that the gift that he gave to Paul to be an apostle? So as his authority as an apostle, here's what he tells us. Here's what he says. I say to everyone among you not to think more highly than he ought to think. Don't think too highly of yourself. That's the point here. Don't think too highly of yourself. When you're talking about where it is you and your focus and what you can get out of it, you're thinking highly of yourself. You're like all the world revolves around you. We have a saying in my house, okay? And I have all my family home this week, and they're all heading down to Indiana right now. I told them I would follow them later. we got a clan wedding that we're going to. and uh, But there's a saying in our house. All my kids say it when we have a group discussion. It's all about you, Dad. 
It's all about you. And it's their way of saying, we're not doing it your way, Dad. We've made another decision. And But used to, Dad used to be like, what do you mean we're doing a... I'd get irritated. Well, then that's when they started coining the phrase, it's all about you, Dad. Meaning, this isn't about you. This is about all of us and what we want to do. And, and this is the point that Paul is making here. He's saying to you, don't think too highly of yourself. Church isn't about you. Church is about all of us. Do you understand? Church is about every member of the body and what benefits all of us. Man, if we could just grasp that, think of how many problems we would avoid in church, right? How many agendas would disappear? How many wants and so forth that drive our agendas and, and drive our conflict sometimes. He's trying to get you to understand, don't think too highly of yourself. So what does he say? He says, honestly assess yourself in light of how God has given you. In light of how God has gifted you. Here's what I want you to see. He says, but to think with sober judgment according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. You're to not think too highly of yourself, but you're to honestly assess yourself in light of the faith and the giftedness that God has given you. You're not better than anyone else. He's given you a gift to use within the church or gifts to use within the church. So you don't see yourself as too highly. And here's the other thing. You don't see yourself as, I'm nothing, I'm miserable, there's nothing for me to do. No, 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 you don't understand. We're all on the same level here. And all of us are important. Because all of us have been given a gift to be used in the church. You say, what is it? I don't know what your gift is. But it's the one that he tells you to do things about and do things with. I was thinking about, you know, someone would say to me, oh, well, your gift is t teaching, George. Yeah, my gift is teaching, but it's interesting. I I've, I've, I've just was thinking about this the other day. There have been times that I've been asked to teach other things other than Scripture, and those were failures. It was like they didn't ask me to do that again. <laughs> And, and, I, and, I, and I was like, man, I'm a good teacher. No, no, I'm a good Bible teacher. I'm not a good teacher of how to do this or how to do that because that's not where my giftedness. He gave me a gift to use where? With God's people, not with everybody else. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's the same thing for you because sometimes we'll think, well, I've got this gift. I can do whatever. I'm good. No, no, you're good where it's used among God's people. So honestly assess yourself according to how God has gifted you. So you got to do a self-assessment. Don't think too highly. It's not about you. Church isn't about you. Church isn't about me, folks. Who's it about? All of us. Because we're all part of who? Jesus, right? So you honestly assess yourself according to your giftedness. So that brings us to the whole issue of what do you mean? Well, you got to understand that we're interdependent. It's interesting. If you go over to Paul, if you go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he discusses it this way. He said, not everybody is an I. 
right? Not everybody's a hand. Not everybody's a foot. And every part is important. So how many of you could function here if you didn't have your liver? How, how long would you live without a liver? How about we got rid of your lungs? Are you, would you do well without your lungs? No. But can you see my lungs? No, you can hear them. You know what I'm saying? My breathing, you know? You can't see my spleen or you can't see my liver, right? But I can't function without any of those vital organs, right? If they shut down, where would I be? Dead, right? So every part from the presentable part, and this is how Paul talks about the presentable parts to the unpresentable parts are important. We're all needed. You're needed. We're interdependent. So here's what he says. Look with me. We're going to look at verses 4 to 5. Here's what he says. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. Okay, do you catch that? We don't all have the same function. All right, here we go. Look at what he says. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Two things I want you to see here. First of all, each of us is part of one body with our individual giftedness. Each of us is part of one body with our individual giftedness. Well, I don't have a gift, George. Are you sure? Are you sure? It's the thing that comes naturally with you. I know people in our congregation, because I've been their pastor a long time, service is their gift. Now, they would never say that. But you don't even know that they do the service. They do it quietly as God leads them to do it. I know others that exhortation or encouragement is their gift. Why? Because I hear about it. Oh, I got this nice little note from so-and-so encouraging me. And, and they said they were praying for me. And that really meant a lot because I was down that day and they did that for me. Really, that, that's a giftedness, the sensitivity. Because I'm going to be honest with you. Have you noticed George isn't sensitive like that? And I don't write notes. Do, do, do you understand? That's not my giftedness. But that's not an excuse for me being insensitive either. Okay, so I'm not saying that. Okay, but my point is each of us has a gift. We're part of a body, and each of us are needed. Every one of you is important. We are not the same if you are holding out. What do you mean holding out? Holding out with your gifts, with who you are. Do you understand? We're not the same. Here's the next thing I want you to see. Each of us needs each other for the body to function properly. Each of us needs each other for the body to function properly. You know, here's the thing. And this has especially been true here in the last two years. We, I've, I've shared with you, we've lost some folks in our church that were dear people in our church. And, and yes, there is a vacuum, especially if you're their loved ones, but there's a vacuum for us and the rest of the church. Why? We lost their gifts. We lost them. We're not the same anymore. Yes, God has brought other people. Do you understand what I'm saying? But they were part of us, and they were important to us. And now they're gone. And so we hurt. When one part of the body, we all hurt, right? 
Do you understand? So each of us needs each other to function properly. We're all important. That's the point. Well, I don't feel like coming today. Really? Do you realize the ramifications of that? Well, nobody needs me. How do you know? You might say the right thing to somebody today before or after the service. And you won't know that what you said was important, but it was to whoever you said it to, only they didn't tell you. It was the thing they needed to say. Here's the thing. I've got to, I write things down a lot. Sometimes I write thoughts that come to me. And one of the things I wrote down years ago was, is that I learn from every meeting I have with someone. And I usually go away because I don't communicate it out loud. But I usually go away saying, okay, God, you showed me something today. You showed me something. So everybody's important. Each of us. And we can't function properly without it. So so what do we do? Well, this is where we need to realize that we're gifted for others. You're not gifted for yourself. You're not gifted for yourself. You need... Mark that, it's on your paper, mark that down, etch it in your mind. If you have been gifted by God, it isn't for you. In fact, I would even say, I've seen it through the years, that if you start thinking it's for you, you lose it. It's for others. What do you mean? Look with me. Verse 6 and 8. Here's what he says. He's going to go through these gifts. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. So we have gifts that are different, given to the grace. Let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our service. One who teaches in his teaching. One who exhorts in his exhortation. One who contributes in generosity. The one who leads with zeal. The one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. You say, well, Yeah, but those aren't my gifts. Yeah, well, just by the way, can I tell you, there are like three or four different lists of gifts in the Scripture. They're not all the same, meaning there are many gifts. And it's not all written down. The point is, God raises up what he needs within each individual church, right? For it to function. And you're here for a reason. I I tell people, sometimes they laugh at me, and they say, oh, yeah, right, George. I tell people... You didn't just happen to come here. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? You didn't just find us and say, oh, well, I really like the music and I'm here. No, no, you came here because God brought you here. And he brought you here not just for you because that's the wrong reason to come. He brought you here because he wants to use you for what? All of us. You're important. Do you understand? You are important. So here's what I want you to see about our giftedness. Recognize that each of us has been given gifts of grace. You need to recognize, even though you may not know what it is off the top of your head right now, you've been given a gift or gifts of grace. What do you mean grace? Well, gifts coming from salvation, which are given to you by who? The Spirit. Paul makes that very clear in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He is the source of the gifts, the Spirit. And he gives to each one as he determines. The Spirit is the one who gives you the gifts. So each of us has gifts 
of grace. You say, well, how do I figure it out? I'll tell you how you figure it out. It's the thing God tells you to do. That's what he gifts you for. It's the thing that he tells you to do in a church. That's primarily the things that you're gifted for. If we would just respond to his leading, he, you say, well, I can't do what he's telling me to do. Really? Have you tried? You might find out he's gifted you to do it. But you got to respond, right? So we're gifted for others. Recognize that each of us has been given gifts of grace. So here's what it is. Here's what we do, though. Use your gifts for the benefit of others. Use your gift for the benefit of others. When you think about church, it isn't about what I can get out of and what kind of accolades I get and everything. No, 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 that, that is a wrong. You, you go down that road, you're heading to a road of destruction. But if you realize that it's about you being there for others, then that's what's important, isn't it? That's what's important. Why do you think Paul says something like this to widows? He tells widows that they need to what? Pray. Why? Because there's not much else they can do, but they can what? Pray for the body. Here's the point. The point is, church isn't about you. It's about us. And that's where we need to be. You say, okay, George, so where do we wrap it up? Okay, all right, so let me bring it down to focus here. So we've looked at the reality, I need to do a self-assessment. We've looked at the reality that we're interdependent. We've looked at the reality that he's gifted us, not for ourselves, but for others. So what do I do with this? Well, let's go back to Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. So you've said, I'm here, Lord. I'm yours. I give myself to you. Next thing he says to you, don't be conformed to the image of this world. And the image of this world is you need to do it for yourself because nobody else is going to do it for you. That's the image of this world. But be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. Now, here's what the word says to you. Now, renew your mind. Here's what it is. You've been gifted, but it isn't for you. It's for others. And you are important to everybody. We can't function properly without you. So allow the Spirit to use you to be a blessing to the body. Because without you, we don't function properly. Do you understand what I'm saying? That, my friends, is countercultural. Because that is about putting who first? Us. Before the other. And so let me just tell you something. When we come in here on Sunday mornings, I'm going to tell you right now, we may have smiles on our faces, but smiles cover a lot of junk. What do you mean? We may have smiles on our faces, but a lot of us aren't aware of what else is going underneath in our lives. And somebody may be here today, and what they need is just someone to say, hi. That's all they need, is just someone to say, hi. Someone may be here today and they just need someone to say, how are you doing? And be willing to listen and hear. Some may be here today and they just need to know that someone cares. 
Someone is going to be an encouragement. Some may be here today and they need someone to give advice and give them direction. Some may be here today and they need a little bit more than just advice and direction. They need help with a problem. And you might be the one that helps with the problem. I remember years ago, we had a gentleman here. We had a couple of folks who were coming to our church at that time. They needed a gasket replaced on their engine, a head gasket. But they didn't have very many, much money. They just had enough money for the part. Well, we had a guy in our church who was a mechanic at that time. Guess what he did? He told the guy, I'll take care of it in your driveway. You get the part. I'll take care of it. And in one night, he took care of his head gasket. And I'm as pastor, and I'm sitting there and listening to that, and I'm thinking, that's church. That's church. Being there for each other. Did you understand what I'm saying? That's church. So then when I think back to like being in Goodman's and having somebody say to me, I'm not getting anything out of church. I want to laugh and say, you got a wrong definition of church. Because church is not the service. It ain't the message. It's not the building. It's the people who are there for each other. May God change our minds. Let me pray for you.